what do I gain by denying God or, you know, accepting the impersonal aspect as opposed to accepting the Supreme Person? What benefit do I achieve? Every person should ask themselves that question in a serious way. Let's say the pros and cons, that's how they always, all coming from we're spirit soul. What do I, the spirit soul, need to reach the highest level of happiness? You can't develop love for a non-person. There has to be an exchange between two people for love to exist. Loving an energy, or loving a white light, it's just not it. It's like taking a huge detour. So we're going to read from Bhagavad Gita. Uh, this is the first text of chapter 12. And there are many, many yogis from different angles, impersonalists, impersonalists, who uh, comment on and who who consider Bhagavad Gita as an authoritative text. So I think we can all, that's all, it's, it's, the, it's been called the cream of the Vedas, right? The, or that's the Srimad Bhagavatam, I guess. But this is like this is a, that's the Srimad Bhagavatam. But this is the condensed. You could say that this is Srimad Bhagavatam condensed, right? This is like the essence of the essence. Of it's just the essence of the teachings of the Vedas. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's known as the supreme book of yoga. I mean, that's. That's how it's been described. Yeah. You know, there's so many yoga books, but the Bhagavad Gita is described as the supreme book of yoga. And the reason is many fold, but one is it's spoken by the Supreme Lord himself. That what's, that's what makes it so unique. Whereas the other scriptures were spoken by somebody or written by somebody in connection with the Supreme Person, this is actually spoken by the Supreme Person himself. Right. Bhagavan. And therefore, you know, it stands alone as the absolute authority coming directly from the absolute authority. Mm. And uh, so, yes, it's widely accepted throughout all the yoga world. Mm-hmm. But there's many different interpretations of Bhagavad Gita. Exactly. Yeah. And so the Bhagavad Gita as it is, which is the Bhagavad Gita that we study and teach from and accept as the ultimate perfect Bhagavad Gita, you know, doesn't change anything. This is this is, you know as it is spoken by the supreme lord yeah and we're gonna we're gonna read because we want to talk today about the impersonal and personal paths of yoga and in chapter 12 this titled devotional service so we're going to read text one and we can start there and if you if you want palakia i can read apart from the purport if you will see but text one 
Arjuna inquired, which is, more, which is considered to be more perfect, those who are properly engaged in your devotional service, or those who worship the impersonal Brahman, the unmanifested? Yeah, that's the perfect question on this subject because, you know, it's it's a question to the Lord himself who is the authority above all authorities on the absolute truth. Yeah. So when you approach the Lord directly and get his response, there's no speculation. There's nowhere to go with it. I mean, if you accept the Lord as the final authority, then that has to be the final word. It can't be other ideas about it. Yeah. You know? And uh, you know, I I remember I was I was speaking on this exact uh, verse and the and the following verse mm -hmm. one time. And you know, everybody's got an opinion, and everybody likes something. And another person doesn't like that, but likes this, or they accept this is better. Yeah. No, the other one is better. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. I remember in Australia, in uh, the go on the Gold Coast, they have markets, and these markets are big Sunday markets, and many many sellers come from all over that area. And there was one seller that all he and his his guys and they always came to this market in byron bay and they sold fresh squeezed sugarcane juice they grew they grew their own sugarcane wow. and they bought a whole big load of, of sugarcane stalks to the market and they had a sugarcane press uh -huh. and they would make your juice on the spot you ordered the juice, they then the cane stalks through it, and out the spout came the fresh squeezed sugar cane, organic, wow. by the way, wow. sugar cane juice. <laughs> and they would also, if you wanted, and of course almost everybody did want, they'd add lemon juice to it. Uh -huh. And it was ice cold. If you wanted it, they put put it on ice, or if you wanted it, you know, just room temperature, whatever. And the line to that venue was huge all day long. There was a queue from the time they opened until the time they closed. It was the best beverage I've ever had. I mean, and it was hot in Australia. It's often hot, and it would be very hot, and nothing was even close to this sugarcane juice. However, there were also... Vendors selling Coca-Cola, <laughs> different canned drink, bottled drinks, you know, this thing, that thing. And they also sold stuff. And I was thinking, why would anybody buy a Coca-Cola when you could buy the sugarcane juice? <laughs> yeah. And the obvious reason was because some people preferred that. It's yeah. not that it was better. It was obviously not better in any way. The taste, the nutrition, you know, whatever. It was junk. <laughs> yeah. But some people rather than the sugarcane juice. Yeah. And so it just shows that no matter what, people have different tastes and they gravitate toward different things. So that's why, even though something may be the best, 
a person may not choose that and go and choose something that's less than that perfection. So this is what we come against when we talk about personalism and impersonalism. And so what, what the question is by Arjuna to Krishna, Arjuna is Krishna's dear friend, disciple he's also a relative they're cousins and so his question is which is the best those who engage in properly engaged in your devotional service are those who worship your unmanifested form and it's a straight up question yeah because one is worshiping the personality of godhead personalism and the other is worshiping the impersonal aspect of the absolute truth. The energy, the effulgence, the, the unmanifested spiritual energy coming from the Supreme Person. Just oh. like you could worship the sun glow, which is the, you know, the glow, the mm -hmm. manifested form, mm -hmm. or you can worship the sunshine which comes from the sun glow and is the unmanifested version of the sun. Mm -hmm. And you could worship either one. So if, if you can understand what we're talking about here, worshiping the personal form of the Supreme Lord or worshiping his effulgence, the energy, yeah. see, the unmanifested that comes from his form, his personality. So anyway, that's that's the question Arjuna asks, which is the most perfect in yeah, yoga. And and Arjuna is in this, you know, he 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 simply wants to know what is better. Like he he is putting himself in a situation where he might prefer one thing or the other, but he's asking, you know, is the Coca Cola better or the fresh pressed sugar cane juice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So let's end the argument here. Which is better? Mm -hmm. You know? Go to. He's making it real clear that after this answer, there's no more argument. Yeah. Now, if you choose the Coca Cola, that's your freedom. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, nobody's yeah. going to tell you you can't do that. Yeah. But it's your choice. Now it's been declared which is best, and it's. It's your choice, which we yeah. always have. Right. And that's the beauty of the freedom that we've been given eternally to choose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Because, I mean, it could have been, the, you know, there's only one choice, like worship God or, you know, go to hell. <laughs> you know, don't. I mean, this is, this is wonderful that. Like Krishna himself, God himself is given the system where you, you know, you can gradually develop towards him. I mean, you can, you can, like, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's something that shows his respect for our free will to yeah. relate to him in a more distant way or a more personal way. Or not at all. Or not at all. We also have that choice no, of course. there is no god and you know a lot of people choose that you know that's a popular choice especially <sighs> in recent times 
So anyway, this is this is what we're trying to establish here for the for the people who are kind of unfamiliar with the subject or mm -hmm. they're on the fence. Mm -hmm. They know mm -hmm. well these guys, and you got a whole line of big gurus and thousands and thousands of yeah. followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're the most popular oftentimes, and you know, they have the image yeah. and they're recognized as really, you know, spiritual authorities. And they're promoting the impersonal aspect, say worshiping the unmanifested. And then you have the other side, those who worship the personality of Godhead. Okay? And you have the, the the gurus who are also in this you know category, telling their followers to worship the supreme person and giving the exact guidelines on how to do that so we have these two schools of thought yeah yeah so when a person approaches spiritual life he he's going to be confronted with these two divisions exactly, exactly. And, and you know a lot of times when people kind of get interested in spiritual life they don't know anything you know, they may have some ideas, but they really don't know anything from any authority other than their self being their authority. Yeah. So that's why we need to just answer the question, but we don't answer the question. Krishna answers the question. <laughs> yeah. What does Krishna say about it? <laughs> and he says, I, I just wanted to like, in, in this purport, Bhaktivedanta Swami also says that generally the transcendentalists can be divided into two classes, like you say. One is the impersonalist and the other is the personalist. So just, yeah, like you said, to make it very clear. Um, and so I was going to say. I'm just, and we yeah. should add there that, you know, sometimes very vague. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yes, yes, because it doesn't it's not seem that always clear. cut and dry. No, 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 no. And impersonalist, therefore, or I'm personalist, therefore. Yeah, it's sometimes so vague, and the lines are blurred, and you know, you think, well, yeah, this guy's talking about the supreme person when they're really not. Yeah, they're talking about maybe a personality who's a higher authority. You know, in the system, the whole system of the mm -hmm. universe and beyond, mm -hmm. and they may be referring to a demigod, see, mm -hmm. who has a lot more power than we do in the human form of life, but who are not the absolute authority. Mm -hmm. So they're leading their followers to worship this personality, but beyond that personality, there's the void, or there's nothing, or there's, yeah. you know, the unmanifested. They they describe it in so many different ways, and it becomes very confusing. Well, is this yeah, guy yeah. a person or an impersonal? <laughs> exactly. He's talking That's... about a person, but then beyond the person, there's an imp. I, I I'm confused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's and and they might even speak about it like. God realization, or or you know, say words that would imply that they accept the reality of a person. But also, one common idea is like you, it's it's just like a technique 
to then merge into it. You use, you like pretend or you act like you develop love for this person because it, like you have to, to develop love, they also realize that you have to be able to have like a forum and to have something to relate to. It's hard to develop love for a, a white light, you know? <laughs> but then eventually once you become yeah. closer to it, you you become that ocean somehow. They have deities and they have, you know, tangible things, you know, form yeah. and yeah. ceremonies where you offer different items to a form. Yeah. And it all looks like a personal endeavor. Yeah. But if you go deep into their philosophy, you will find that beyond the achievement of this personal form, you go past that to the impersonal. See, that's just yeah. to help you get there. Yeah. That's just to give your senses, you know, your eyes, your ears, your tongue, your your hands and everything. I'm offering, I'm chanting, I'm hearing, I'm seeing, you know, a form. And so, you know, it engages my senses and therefore it's easier. Yeah. But this for the neophyte, or this is for the person who hasn't advanced enough to, so they don't need this. And then they go into the void. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, so it's, 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 it's very confusing. It's very confusing. And and one important question, I don't know if you want to, you know, answer that question now or after his answer, but how to know and like which language do such persons use? And so we can like help people to see and recognize and like, aha, yeah, that that's verse or that thing that he's saying, that's like, that's probably impersonalism. I, I don't know if maybe we, Maybe maybe you could answer that now if you if you want. I mean, so that we kind of also so so we see those two classes. But I but think what we are they? Read what Krishna's answer read is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not... Because we're going to get in the head of Krishna's <laughs> conclusion. Yeah, I bet people are like, "What's what's what's he saying?" You know, cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is the answer. Text two. The blessed Lord said. He whose mind is fixed on my personal form, always engaged in worshipping me with great and transcendental faith, is considered by me to be the most perfect. To be most perfect. Yeah. And then read the next verse. But those who, are, those who fully worship the unmanifested, that which lies beyond the perception of the senses, the all-pervading, inconceivable, fixed, and immovable, the impersonal conception of the absolute truth, by controlling the various senses and being equally disposed to everyone, such persons, engaged in the welfare of all, at last achieve me. Yeah. So... And then he goes on, if you read further, but we, we may not now, but he explains that worshiping the impersonal is very difficult, number one. But back in the second verse, he says, he who worships my personal form, mind always absorbed in me, you know, dedicated to my devotional service and so on, is considered by me to be the most perfect. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's the answer right there. You know, that's that's just the final conclusion. And if you worship the unmanifested, it's so difficult. And ultimately, doesn't say it in the third verse, but ultimately, you have to come to worship the personal form because that's what takes you to the personality, which is the most perfect achievement of all. You have to worship the supreme personality of Godhead and worship in his unmanifested if it doesn't continue into worship of the personality of Godhead, then it's it's imperfect. It's, it's incomplete. Yeah. Ultimately, you got to do that anyway. So why go through all the trouble and, yeah, 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 yeah. and endeavor and maybe lifetimes and lifetimes to reach the same point when you can start right now oh, with the personality a... of Godhead? And it says in text five, yeah, for... you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You're there already. Yeah, it says that for, for those whose minds are attached to the unmanifested, impersonal feature of the Supreme, advancement is very troublesome. Yeah. That's in text five. Yeah. So, so you're saying, like, why go through that hassle? Why not just go directly? Because sooner or later you will come to the point of, like, you won't, you will only reach to a certain stage and then to go further you you will have to in a sense i mean you if you want to go further you 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 have to accept god as a yeah. person it's like taking a huge detour <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you can just walk up to the starting point and just okay from day one i'm going to worship the personality about it and if you look at all the great teachers of bhakti, this is what they all say. Worship the supreme personality of God. You know, who did Jesus worship and who did he tell everyone they should worship? The supreme personality of Godhead. He didn't just say anything about worshiping the impersonal. He just talked about exclusively you develop love for God. You can't develop love for a non-person. You know, there has to be an exchange between two people for love to yeah. exist. Yeah. So, loving an energy, or loving a white light, etc., etc., it's just not it. That's, that's, <laughs> it has to go to the personality of God here. That's, you know, people write books about Jesus who are actually impersonalists and interpret his life from an impersonalist angle. I, I don't even understand how that's possible, but so I guess somehow well, it's... Because of the lack of a proper teacher. Yeah. That's how possible. Because some people like to present the idea that Jesus is God. Mm -hmm. so that God is not really a person. I mean, I've talked to high-level Christian ministers in, in the Christian hierarchy, uh -huh. and their understanding is that 
God is not really a person, not really. But he came down that energy or that that impersonal person, I don't know how they whatever, came down and manifested a personal form as Jesus. So people could see him, they could talk to him, they could relate to him, he could relate to them. It was a personal exchange. It, it awarded that opportunity. Yeah. So that's why some of them, there's so many different ideas in, in Christianity, but one idea is that God is not really a person, but he personified as Jesus. Yeah. And so therefore Jesus was a personified aspect of the non personal lord yeah and and that's why and then they have you know that's what because they can't have god on their altar because god has no form no personality i mean it's hard to get to know someone who has not a person so you then you have jesus on your altar and you're worshiping his form yeah. and his you know anyway that's the whole confusing thing because some say he's an old man and they draw pictures of him and so some in their mind have picture of God as an, the oldest person yeah. of all. Yeah. Well, that's a... You know, so, so when you go into that category of ideas about the supreme absolute truth, you're going to find many different things. Yes. They don't always agree on one thing. Yeah. Some have this, some have that, some have another. Yeah. yeah. Um... But bringing it back to where we started, mm -hmm. Bhagavad Gita, in our bhakti yoga system is the absolute authority and krishna is the absolute bhagavan supreme person and he declares openly that worship in his personal form always engaging in his loving service is considered by him to be the topmost yogi yeah the most perfect in yoga And so again, there's no, <laughs> there's no argument. Always engaged in worshiping me with great, great and transcendental faith. Yeah. So that's, that's the answer to the question. And if it's, you know, appealing or not appealing, <laughs> still, <laughs> you know, I like yeah. that. I don't that. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of the story of one of our teachers was given a meditation class. And in Norway, by the way. Oh. And uh so in the in the class, you know, at some point she mentioned God. These are names of God. I don't know exactly how it came out, but the word God appeared in the conversation. And two girls, young, she said they were in their probably early 20s. Immediately they stood up. They said, God, we don't want there to be a God. <sighs> and they walked out. <laughs> and that's how sensitive they were to the even the, the word. Yeah. But whether we want there to be a God or not, there is one. <laughs> You can't change it. 
You can deny it. You can say, I don't want there to be a God. There is no God. God doesn't exist. He still does. There is still a supreme person. There is this source of everything, you know, the original, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so if I deny God or I worship his impersonal feature or whatever, what do I gain? This is what we have to ultimately ask us. Okay, what do I gain by denying God or, you know, accepting the impersonal aspect, you know, as opposed to accepting the Supreme Person? What benefit do I achieve? That's a reasonable question. I mean, every person should ask themselves that question in a serious way. Educate themselves enough to know the benefits or the, or let's say, the pros and cons. That's how they yeah. always say yeah. The pros and cons. <laughs> you know, the pros versus the cons. And look at it closely. Maybe you, we need the help of a, of a teacher who has some clear understanding of the subject. And, and you know, in the beginning, a person may not even know what the pros and cons are. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I, I don't even know the difference. I mean, it all looks the same to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe this is better. More people do this. Or yeah, yeah. So that's again where we need an authority. You know, an educated teacher who can actually explain it in great detail. The because, pros are, and then he gives the outline and the cons are, you know, all coming from we're spirit soul. What do I, the spirit soul, need to reach the highest level of happiness and satisfaction? Because because just like the numbers only reflects what people want to hear. So of course more people want to hear the impersonal interpretation. I guess because you can or, or live your life and, and not change so much things, not have to surrender to a will or a person, but kind of. Yeah, you know, it's do not go by popularity. No. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> you know, the, the, what is the most popular is usually the worst. Because we like to downgrade. We're not really trying to really elevate ourselves. So the senses and the mind are always looking for material pleasures, material enjoyments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And ways it's to be... With the body and the mind and the desires and, yeah. and feelings, and, and that's not going to elevate us. That's going to degrade us. Yeah. And so that's why the masses are going one way <laughs> and the true spiritual seekers going upstream. I saw a, a, a cartoon one time and there was these flocks of sheep, hundreds of sheep. And they were all going down and it, there was a cliff 
And these sheep were going through the cliff and just jumping off. And it showed a whole pile of dead sheep at the bottom. Uh-huh. And there was one black sheep right in the middle of this flow of sheep coming down to the cliff. And he was going upstream. And he was saying, Paran, Paran. It was in French. Paran, pardon me, pardon me. You know, he's trying to get, to go up, and all the rest are just flowing down and going off the cliff. See, so that's the, the true spiritual seeker, really, is that black sheep going upstream, you know, against the flow. And, uh, but he's the wise one. I mean, but I was just going to say, you spoke about pros and cons, like, that's basically the only con, isn't it? That, that like, you might feel, or at least in the start, you might feel a little bit alone, like you're you're diff- you're doing something different from everyone else, I, I guess, because yeah. the masses of people will go another direction than what you do, so you, it might feel... Well, the pros and cons idea is, what's the pros of of personalism? Uh-huh. And what's the cons? And what's the pros of impersonalism and the uh-huh. cons? Uh-huh. So you got to consider both schools of yeah. thought, uh-huh. and and then you can see that, like you say, in personalism, the only con is public opinion. Maybe you know, not feeling one of the crowd. Kind of the, the, the only, the only, the only. Oh, with with impersonalism, the only the only pros, like the good sides. No, the only con. I, I, if I said pro, I made a mistake. No, in in said, personalism, the in person, only. Yeah, con. yeah, okay. I thought you said impersonalism, but you said impersonalism. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 I get it. Only con connected with personalism. Yes. Yes. I see. Is yeah. I I I am not just fitting in with everybody else, right? Yeah. Right. But 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 but, but you're going to be like stuck with that feeling anyway of loneliness and of not like full satisfaction and feeling that your your heart is always longing for something more if you're stuck with impersonalism. I, I'm sorry, but like, the heart will not be completely content and satisfied with that and. And that's a that's the worst kind of loneliness and yeah you know because you won't be connected to to, to jazz it up with a lot of cool phrases and you know new age teachings and <laughs> you know cosmic things and uh, you know to make it just feel otherworldly and the bliss and you know in other words they. They dress it up with yeah. a lot of attractive jewelry, so to speak. Wow. You know, and it's trendy, it's cool, it's modern. It's but but just like um, if you follow the impersonal path, would you say that there's like, I mean, you, you, okay, so you can follow that long route, but is there any? Is there any like risks involved, or is it just uh, like a long road, or is it possible? I mean, would, would you say like would would you kind of 
promote that and say that that's that's a way that some people have to go to gradually move to the truth and it's good and but or or would you say that well there are some uh, pitfalls as well in following that or well there are pitfalls one is it you know at least a hedonism because really you know a lot of the impersonalism see there's true impersonalism and then there's everything else under the umbrella of impersonalism. And that's what you usually get, everything else. <laughs> so ultimately, these impersonalists come up with the conclusion that we're all God. Yeah. A true impersonalist seeker never concludes he's God. But if you're not careful, because... You know, it's all the, the spiritual ocean, and I'm a spiritual spark. And if the ocean is God, and I'm a spiritual spark of the ocean, then I'm God too. Yeah. Like yeah. a drop of ocean water, you know, it's, it's I'm part of the ocean, so I'm the ocean as well. Yeah, that, 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 that's what, what I believed before. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I didn't like the conclusion. But yeah, what, what were you gonna say? <laughs> some say it outright, some don't. But yeah. the idea is it leads to hedonism. Because if I'm God, I can do anything I want. I mean, who's gonna punish me? Where's there gonna be some negative repercussions? Uh, I'm God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and God can do whatever God wants to do. Yeah, and, and so it leads to intense hedonism, you know, and that's a major pitfall. And hedonism covers the consciousness. See, the more hedonistic lifestyle a person leads, which is doing all the things that cover the consciousness, then the more blind they become, and the more you know covered they are. And so, therefore, they just keep going down, down into a darker and darker region. And often, um, often that hedonism is covered in spirituality. It looks like spiritual. It goes under the guise or the the label of spiritual activity. Yeah. So, and in the name of our spiritual life of enjoyment, because if I'm God, I'm the supreme enjoyer as well. I mean, that comes with the, yeah. <laughs> the position. <laughs> yeah. And what is the supreme enjoyment in the material world is sex life. So it can lead to just open in the name of, you know, spiritual spirituality, just unlimited sexual enjoyment and, you know, all doing this for for the glory of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know to enhance that then we can add some intoxication and yeah whatever 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 in other words there's, there's nothing wrong with anything yeah 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 because <laughs> there's no yeah and some no... openly promote that yeah you know cutting through spiritual materialism you know just do what you want in the name of spiritual life. So it's it's kind of a really twisted 
version, you know, of, and this can be a very big danger. See, in the, in the strict impersonalist path, which is a stanga yoga, mm -hmm. you know, then one has to control the senses completely. You know, they have to withdraw from society. They have to just spend hours and hours concentrating to tame the mind and develop the ability to meditate, all kinds of things on, on the Brahman. And I mean, it's raising the, the Kundalini. I mean, it's a whole big story. It's not just some simple trip. You can't just be a functioning member of society and, you know, practice that because it's impossible. Bhaktivedanta Swami said the true impersonalist yogi goes into the forest to sit in his, you know, practice meditation and he's never seen again. <laughs> he never comes back. <laughs> he, he goes up the Kundalini up top, merges into Brahman, and that's it. That, you know, that's not modern-day impersonalism. So what Krishna is basically referring to is like the best optimal kind of impersonalism, right? <laughs> because he's saying, when he is mentioning in text, text three and four, he's saying, you know, those who worship the unmanifested by controlling the various senses, like you said, by controlling the various senses and being equally disposed to everyone, such persons engaged in the welfare of all at last achieve me. So, but that's, yeah. that's very, very rare then. <laughs> I mean, on the beginning stages of personalism and impersonalism, it's the same. You first realize you're not the body. Uh -huh. You start seeing spirit souls everywhere. See, the welfare of all, engaged in, in the welfare of all. He wants to help everybody grow spiritually. He wants to see the spirit souls become more conscious of their true identity, etc., etc. So for a distance along the path, they're parallel. Oh. Mm -hmm. But then you have to come to the point where you go to the supreme person or to the Brahman effulgence. See? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the junction. And so, you know, a true impersonalist, which is very, very rare, is uh, is a, a way cut above the ordinary person. Yeah. yeah. But it's become a social thing now and just you know, dilly-dallying around and having the catchphrases and, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah, and, and but that's also the, like, the danger if you, I mean, if you don't know the basics, if you haven't followed the path up to that point where you realize that you're not your body and everyone is a spirit soul and you want to engage in the welfare of all, I mean, if you don't know that, then and you start applying, like, <laughs> these impersonal teachings without even knowing that. And that's, that's a big issue because like you say, then, I mean, yeah. if, if, if you realize that you're, you're, you're not your body and then you wouldn't engage in all this sense gratification in the name of spirituality, because you would understand that it won't satisfy you because you're a spirit soul. 
<laughs> yeah, but they, they don't teach that. No, no. <laughs> no. Just, you know, there's so many ill teachings. I remember there was a big Christian. Uh, there was a one personality. It was actually a, a, a person in a lady's body. And she started very strongly preaching. This was quite some years ago in the 80s in Southern California. And she started preaching that we're all God's children. Therefore, it's our birthright to have all the material things we want. So you should pray to God. I'm your son. You're my father. You own and control everything. So give me. And then you tell him what you want. You know, the car, the house, the girlfriend, the whatever, the job, whatever you want. Uh -huh. and he should give it to you. Uh -huh. Because, you know, when the kid asks the father, the father should give. And she had a lot of people following her. A lot. I can I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. You know. Attractive, <laughs> but it's just how how vulnerable people are. It just pops up, you know. I mean, she came from nowhere. She didn't have any background of some spirituality or whatever. She disappeared, and I, I don't know exactly how. Yeah, and just all of a sudden, she had this this big following of people. Yeah. Because that's what people want. They want material things. They yeah. want pleasure. They want fun. So, you know, the hedonistic and personalist philosophy, they don't say it's hedonistic, but it is. I mean, that's really attractive. You're God. You can do anything you want. You know, you actually are in the position to enjoy anything and everything. People like that. This is very, very, I'm you and you are me, so let's get together and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very unfortunate because it doesn't satisfy the soul. That's the point. It's not that, you know, I mean, if it would satisfy you, I mean, but our nature is we are controlled and we are only, our position is to serve Supreme Lord and, and not be the enjoyer, but to be the enjoyed through love and in love. I mean, love is the only thing that will satisfy us. So that's, it's not like we're per se partial. It's just that you won't be happy doing, doing that. That's not your natural position. So it's like you say, there's a long road to, and you might not even get to the goal in the end. You're just in circles and you. Well, it comes down to, to the individual yeah. and individual sincerity of what they really want. Yeah. Because it's in our heart. He knows everybody's desire. And so if I really want to know him, if I really want to achieve this highest perfection, he knows that and he will guide me to a perfect teacher. Hmm. And if we don't, then he'll guide us to an imperfect teacher. In other words, we get what we want. Yeah. So... Yeah. You know, a, a perfect teacher will not allow the student to do all these things. And he 
he can tell you why. <laughs> and the serious student doesn't want to do them anyway. He's coming. I mean, they may be still, you know, attractions to all kinds of things. But he really doesn't want to do that because he knows that's in the way. And the teacher, you know, gives him a replacement. And that's devotional service. And he begins to understand that this is superior and this is satisfying. And this gives me life. And this is what I want to do with my life. And, you know, so the true spiritual master is just guiding us, you know, so expertly. And and that's what is necessary. And without that, we're just out there trying to figure it out. And a lot of those people who are sincere and personalists that I met, they they really love to serve and they are really attracted to that. So so it's just I mean, it's not a, it's not a big change. It's just direct that towards serving the highest good. Yeah. Serving yeah. God. <clears throat> all about the teacher. Krishna is the perfect original teacher. Yeah. So he's teaching in the Bhagavad Gita what we need to know. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Bhagavad Gita is. It's Krishna's teachings to us. Yeah. And if we just listen closely to those teachings and try to follow them, then we'll become perfect. Yeah. And one of the, the things that will happen is you'll find other people and you'll find that perfect teacher and you'll, you know, know you're doing the right thing. Yeah, that's how it works. I have, I have two topics now that I want to discuss for a future. One is how to relate to such a spiritual teacher, how to relate to a spiritual mentor. Uh, you know, what's your role? What's your position? And how do you how do you act in, in such a relationship? And I got that question. So and, and I, and I wanted to discuss that. And the other one is to continue on reading this chapter, because afterwards, Krishna is describing, you know, gradually how if you don't have a desire to you know, if, if you cannot fix your mind upon me without deviation, then he says, you can do this and you will follow the regulative principles of bhakti yoga and you will develop a desire to attain to me. And then he says, if you can't do that, then do this. And it, it's kind of, so it's like the spiritual ladder, you know, different. So, so, yeah, yeah there's, have, a place have, there's a place for everybody. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But not in this podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You'll have to if you. But yeah, that's gonna be the next two podcasts. Yeah. Cool. I hope we can meet again soon. Yeah, we will. We will. I think now it's time to rest to chat just a little yeah. bit. You you've got a guitar over there, or? Yeah, I got my guitar. Oh, awesome. I like the skis in the background, by the way. <laughs> that was very cool. Yeah. The old wooden skis. Yeah, the real skis. <laughs> the real deal. <laughs> the real skis. Yeah. <laughs> you... Bygone days. Yeah. With... We had those. I just saw a today from 
from my friends in Kazakhstan. And uh-huh. I don't know where they got them, but somewhere they found some old Soviet times climbing gear. And it showed the crampons and it showed the ice axe and a helmet from 1984. And man, it was just really old. <laughs> I mean, something, I don't know where they found it, maybe in some old house or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it was interesting how much different it was then. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Go wrong. Uranga, itaiko, uranga, itaiko, uranga, itaiko, uranga, itaiko, uranga, itaiko, uranga, itaiko. Oranga, itaiko, oranga, itaiko, oranga, itaiko. Goranga, nitaiko, goranga, nitaiko, goranga, nitaiko. Then, Kavoy, Kitar. Goranga, itaiko, goranga, itaiko, goranga, itaiko. Goranga, itaiko, goranga, itaiko, goranga, itaiko. Goranga, Nitaigo, Goranga, Nitaigo, Goranga, Nitaigo. Itaiko, 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 Goranga, Itaiko, Goranga, Itaiko, Goranga. Goranga, Nitaiko, Goranga, Nitaiko, Goranga, Nitaiko, 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 N
Haribo Nitaigor Nitaigor Haribo Haribo Nitaigor Haribo 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 Nitaigor Nitaigor Haribo Haribo Nitaigor Goranga Haribo Goranga Haribo Goranga Haribo Goranga Haribo, Goranga Haribo, Goranga Haribo. Goranga Haribo, Goranga Haribo, Goranga Haribo. Goranga Haribo Goranga Haribo Ganga Haribo Ganga Haribo Ganga Haribo Haribo Goranga Haribo Goranga Haribo Goranga Haribo Goranga Haribo Ganga Haribo Goranga 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 Haribo Haribo Okay, so there we go. Another little podcast for today. Yeah, thank you. That was a spontaneous podcast. Thank everybody for joining us. We're going to 
Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Don't forget to let us know what you're thinking. Write in your comments or your thoughts. If you have a question, you'd like to hear us talk about some topic. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. That's what we that's we really appreciate that. And that's helps us a lot. And we can we can talk a lot about different things and you that you that you might want we, we can talk a lot about different things period <laughs> we're good at that <laughs> yeah we're just winging i mean really <laughs> that's kind of how we do it we just wing it something comes up we we talk about it yeah yeah i would just there's a little fountain right here on the porch where i am Oh. A little bubbling fountain into an old wooden casket. And every so often, this magpie comes flying in and just takes a big drink of water, maybe two, and then flies off. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Animals know how to do it, you know. They, they, they got it all figured out by yeah. nature's they're harmonizing with the plan and the, you know. yeah. yeah, I've got some things going on there, so but yeah, a beautiful setting. All that. Yeah, Ruben sitting up in northern Norway. I'm in Colorado in the high mountains. Mm -hmm. Beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But I'll I'll talk to you soon then, Malakia. Who who knows when? But I'm yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So again, everybody, thank you very much, <laughs> and uh, see you next time. Haribo. Haribo. Namaste. Thank you, Malakia, very much. Haribo. Haribo. Haribo.